0: Good afternoon, Survivors. I got good news and I got bad news here on the Western Mountain. I just ain't sure which is which. I lost contact with our friend and new neighbor, Ren Van Hawkins. Dr. Hawkins tells me by two-way that he's been traveling quite a while. Since I lost radio contact, I'm figuring one of two things happened. Our guardian angels in the field got to him, or the eaters did. I'm seeing small plumes of smoke rising up from out of the trees. It might be the residue of gunfire, so I'm hopeful. If you're out there, Hawk, give us a ring that you're okay so we can bring you in from the cold. Meanwhile, to recap our conversation from this morning, be ready for April showers to bring May eaters. Unless Hawk was totally off his nut, we got us a migrating herd of eaters on the horizon. Now, they can't all make it up the mountains and into the valley, but the ones already here are waking up. Be vigilant. Be ready. And keep listening to WRAG at dawn and sundown for news and information. I gotta go feed the cat. Over and out.
1: You hear that, Hawkman? Rage wants you to check in.
2: Yeah, yeah, I will. Not quite yet. I like being a man in mystery.
3: No kidding. So can we be going?
2: Aren't they marvelous?
3: The dead people? Yeah. Great. Can we go
2: now? Thirty of them! Could you imagine these creatures working together like this in your life? Look at them. A nurse, a truck driver, a businesswoman, an adorable old grandmother. All of them working for one purpose. Old and young, probably different socioeconomic stripes. None of that matters. It's like that John Lennon song. Imagine all the people sharing all the world, no hell below us, and above us just a sky.
3: Did I mention that we're here to rescue you? Yes, my friend, and I really do
2: appreciate it. You really have nothing to fear. The field is wide and open, and your guns took these poor bastards down. But look, a few of them are still, well, not alive, but operational. Let me show you something amazing. Come on, son. I bet you never got up close and personal with one of these eaters, have you?
1: He's cracked, Higgs. Don't follow him.
3: Keep him covered.
1: We need to get a move on. We need to get to the church.
3: I know. Chill.
2: Okay, I'm looking. Now, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Once, this was a mild-mannered postal worker, probably out in his rounds when he was attacked. Now, look here in the neck, where something left clear teeth marks. He was obviously able to escape because, well, he wasn't consumed. Maybe he brained his attacker with his mail card or something.
3: Great. So
2: what? He couldn't have survived long with a wound like that, and probably died in a few minutes. So all this wear, these tears in his gray exposed flesh, happened after he turned. Bloodless cuts here, and Here, probably dragging himself over debris. Here's where a young markswoman shot it, right there, right through the spine, which is why it can't right itself.
3: Yeah, but that don't mean it's not dangerous. There's too much weight for its arms to carry.
2: The muscles on the arm are so dry they can barely move. Those breaks in the radius on his right forearm are fresh, and despite three busted metacarpus on the right hand, it still tries to claw. Outstanding. Look here six broken ribs, a broken arm. This thing is a bag of brokenness. Amazing. And you want to know something ironic? It rained on his wedding day? Oh, well played. Well played. But no. Even though its only motivation is to eat, all of its guts have either liquefied, rotted away, or, like his intestines, dried into a tangle of beef jerky. Still, there's a lot we can learn from this creature. Do we have to learn it now? Every little bit tells us more about our enemy. To underestimate the strengths of your enemy is to lose your treasure, as they say. His faded and tattered uniform suggests he spent most of his post-life time outside. The skin has turned into an armor of grey leather. His eyes shrunken and fixed. The lips... Look at the mouth on this one. Dude, we really need to go. There's more of them heading up the road. Go where? What could be more interesting or worthwhile than examining the one thing that finally destroyed the human race?
3: Uh, I don't know. Food? Shelter? Rebuilding the human
2: race? Look at the lips, Mr. Hicks. Most zombies lose their lips. They tear them off while feeding. Then the skin tightens, drawing back the flesh from the gums, giving it that crazed grin you see, or that hillbilly tooth look. And here's what I really want to show you. Dude, don't touch in. Relax. I merely want to snap at me so I can... There we go. Bite down on that clamp, Mr. Speedy Delivery. Now look here. Tell me what you see. Uh,
3: a tongue? What do you find remarkable about that tongue? It's wet. It looks like... Like yours or mine. Exactly. So what is it about this tongue? I give up. What is it? Are you brave enough to come down here?
2: I promise this jaw will break before this clamp will. Now look here into this magnifying glass. You see the tongue jab toward me? Now towards you as you draw closer. Look into the glass. Ew, god. What is that? I have no idea. Every eater has a tongue like this, but... Note, it doesn't reach to the back of the throat, but up into the sinus. The eater can't digest. It can't even swallow. So why does it eat? Instinct? Partly. That's how this thing evolved. Whatever got in us to change us used our DNA, our bio-blueprints, to develop itself. It's adapting to our biology to help itself along. The tongue is the key. Here, I keep these vials of blood in me. Of course you would. Who doesn't? Watch through the glass as I drip the blood into the tongue. See how the smell of the blood excited the tongue? The head of the creature moves. The whole body contorts. The nervous system is on fire for it. No, no, stay here. Don't go anywhere. Stay here. We're fine. We're fine. Just watch. Where did the blood go? those tiny holes in the tongue, those hundreds of tubes absorb the blood, delivering it where? What are you doing with the chisel? I've gotten pretty good at this, but you might want to step back a second. Sometimes they squirt. Oh, that was good. Look here. I'll just pry off the cap.
3: Behold, the Eater Brain. Never seen one that intact before. That's not even a brain. You're right. It's the Entity. What Entity? It nested in the brain.
2: But since it hasn't eaten in such a long time, it's consumed most of the original brain matter. Even the green-gray sack it generates to protect itself. It's hungry, and it's balled itself up into the brain cavity. But it hasn't consumed in so long, it's shriveled and yellow. Here, let me pour the contents into our mailman's mouth, and let's watch.
3: It's freaking out.
2: Just imagine if you hadn't eaten in days or weeks. Don't have to imagine. Of course, but how your body feels when it feeds, it's the same. The entity is feeling that same endorphin-like rush of pleasure of being sated. but it needs so much now that it's insane to continue feeding. And you want to know something really creepy? It's not just feeding. It's reproducing. What? You can't really see it here, but under a microscope, the tongue is also secreting millions of tiny versions of itself. That's how we get infected. Me, huh? So you can say when it comes to get you, my friend, it's not only hungry, it's horny.
3: Great. You've made my day.
2: Now that it's tasted blood, it will burn itself out trying to get more. It will fight others of its kind to get it. That's its purpose. Consume living tissue and reproduce. Step back again, please. The creature spends so much of its energy maintaining the body it inhabits that it's too stupid to think. I have a theory that when it goes into hibernation... It begins thinking and learning, rooting around what's left of our mashed potatoes up here for clues. I believe we're in for a busy spring.
3: Why are you telling me this? I've been alone with my
2: thoughts for months, young man. I just needed to speak them to someone to make them real. Does any of that sound crazy?
3: Yes, but so does the idea of walking dead people eating living people and sucking their brains through their mutated tongues. So, hey, you sound educated, so why the hell not? Good. An open mind. So great hero of the apocalypse. Where are we off to? Away from here. We've got a place to stop off down the mountain, refuel and resupply, then we'll figure something out. You don't happen to have a really good sniper rifle, do you? No. Why? And you're traveling alone? Yes. Again. Why? Well, not to alarm you, but there appears to be a sniper in the valley... It's been tracking us. We ran into a pack of eaters heading up the access road before we could take them out. They just dropped. Someone popped them through the head like they were a point blank with a 44 caliber.
2: So, it's a good guy. Yeah. That I would thank whoever it is in your prayers and just move along. I've found that if someone is looking out for you, there's usually a reason that comes out eventually. Just as the motives of an enemy become clear in time.
1: So, was your surgery or whatever a success?
3: Sure. The patient died. It's all about knowing your enemy.
2: If you know your enemy as you know yourself, you can wage a hundred battles without fear.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
2: We got to this point because we didn't know what we were fighting. The only way to take back what's left is to stop, think, and figure out what makes these buggers tick.
3: Are there more people who think like you out there?
2: Eh, some. But if the future's in their hands, my friends, I think the next generation may struggle to remember how to make fire.
4: Oh, you think you're so cool you're a cube-driving fool while I fly in the sky up above you? You keep your papers and I'll keep my clouds and missiles and rockets and fuel. Oh, I've never seen a desk at the curve of the earth. I've never seen a suit in the sky. I've never signed papers worth cruising Mach 2 and said what a good boy am I. Oh, you think you're so cool you're a truck driving fool while I fly in the sky up above you. You keep your traffic, and I keep my stick, and the target I've painted before me. Hey, that's a nice one. <laughs> control, control. This is Sky Chicken. I have a fix on a possible nest. Do you copy? That's good to
5: hear, Sky Chicken. I have a fix on your target point.
6: Coordinates have been relayed to Fire Control. Is this confirmed?
4: Hang on, Control. There's definitely a swarm. I'm going in for a low speed pass on this. So this is where buffalo wings were born, eh? American creativity at its finest. Let's take tiny chickens, rip off their wings and legs, fry them up, smother them in greasy hot napalm, and sell them a buck each to football fans. Think you're outclassed, will you, Otter? Cause when I get done, I'll go out and have fun with your wife and your teenage daughter. Everybody sing. Scott Chicken,
6: your mic is hot.
4: Sorry, this town is rotten with rotters control. I'm turning back to get a better look at the nest. I hope they fix the hydraulics, spreading wings for a low speed pass. Confirmed, Wanda is a giant black crater. Unless that's what it looked like before the shelling. Confirmed, the Sheridan Park camp is overrun. I'm not seeing any survivors. Coming up on the target.
1: Your target is
6: locked, Sky Chicken. Please confirm nest.
4: Control target is a warehouse. Looks like a food warehouse. Confirm tags on the roof. Oh, bugger, we got survivors on the roof. Request rescue and recovery for these coordinates.
7: Negative, Sky Chicken.
6: Extraction that deep is not possible.
4: Deep? It's right off the river? We could evac them from a the staging area, but caught them.
1: Negative. Cameras confirm 5,000 hostiles converging. Target
4: rich. Control, if there's 5,000 outside, there'd have to be hundreds in that warehouse. Those people aren't bet. <laughs> oh, that's not good. Course heading change.
8: Target
9: locked. Sky
4: Chicken, inbound high yield. Control, I've got a problem. That stabilizer's broken loose again. Vicking LP people. I'm losing speed and altitude. Sky
1: Chicken, we're
4: detecting an engine failure warning. Are you? So am I. Engaging burner. Got to get across to the safe zone. Control loss. I'm rolling, I'm rolling. Killing the burner. Mayday engine fire. Egress, Sky Chicken, egress. Where the hell the river go down is on fire, I'm coming down over, over, oh fuck I do, I'm coming down over a populated area, hostiles. Claire. Ah, ah, fuck, coming down hard, urban landing, <laughs> going down to control.
6: Stay with us, us stay with us.
10: On your feet, soldier. Up. Get up. Go. Clear.
1: Clear. Ah!
11: Okay, he's back.
8: Good for us. What happened?
11: He was doing so well, recovery was assured.
8: He's been out of cane for a month, feeding and drinking, mm. being an asshole.
11: It's not like he's a teenager. The man is in his late forties.
4: It's like the man says. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage.
11: Relax, McInnes. You had another attack.
4: I figured. The burning on my man boobies. I'm getting used to it. And the smell of burning chest hair.
11: I'm glad you are.
8: I'm
4: fine. Just a little confused. Where am I?
8: You're still in the bunker.
4: The medical bay. Yeah, I know. But is this a flashback within a flashback, or without a flashback? Flash forward. Where's Sergeant Wake? Who? You don't know who she is. She's in my crew.
11: No, she didn't make it through the winter. You remember?
4: It's spring. Okay. Just so I know where the hell I am or when. Okay. Good. The Gidges?
8: Gone a good two months. Won't be back for a while. That's good. Where's
4: Grant? Sarge? That lot.
11: Still preparing for the excursion. You remember the excursion?
4: Get me, Grant. We need to talk. Whoa
8: there, Braveheart. We thought we'd lost you there. The only reason you're making any sense at all is that Dr. Vesta shot you with enough stimulants to drive Ken Kesey batshit. So,
4: another random reboot, eh?
11: Afraid so. But your tests from less than a month ago showed you were in excellent condition, aside from a hyperextended knee. I didn't notice any arrhythmia or plaque.
4: Don't sweat it, my lovely. Sometimes the heart
8: just breaks. Do you have any better idea why this keeps happening?
11: I'm thinking I do.
4: Oh, do tell.
11: Sudden cardiac arrest brought about by ventricular fibrillation. Without doing blood tests, I'm going to say you're low in potassium and magnesium, recent physical trauma, unrelenting stress, your age... Oi. SCA can be caused by an electrical disruption that results in ventricular fibrillation. In other words, being shot down, shot up, shot at, being on the run, the part of your nervous system that keeps your heart pumping is not working the way it should.
4: But I wasn't doing anything the like last time this happened.
11: I know it doesn't matter. You said your family has a history of heart attack despite healthy living. It means that sudden shocks, strenuous activity, any stress triggers, PTSD even, could bring about another disruption.
4: Um, I'm a fighter pilot. I live in a bunker underneath a global zombie uprising. My job description involves firearms, high explosives and ultraviolence. What part of that is stress-free?
11: General McInnis... Neil, it's time you rethink your priorities. You have a wealth of experience and knowledge to share.
4: And you really can't stress over this. I really can't stress over this? Are you fucking daft? All I've been doing this winter is lag about in a bomb shelter at the size of my Manchester flat under two feet of snow and a thousand million cannibals. I'm buried down here with you tits while the dead are up walking the earth. I'm not stressing, mates. It's just a bit of spring fever. Dr.
8: Vesta, would you give us a minute? Of course. Neil, what the fuck, man? Calm down, man. You gotta trust me. Says the man who shot the fuck
4: out of me three months ago.
8: And if we hadn't gotten over that, we'd all be dead right now. Or walking around outside with the rest of the rot bags.
4: So you're telling me that after all this, my heart's just gonna up and stop if I so much as walk into a surprise party? Mate, I've walked a road made of human bones. I've flown through burning fuel at damn near the speed of sound. I've parachuted into a mob of a thousand eaters. You think some snotty little bent with an attitude's gonna tell me my heart can't take it?
8: It could. But man, shit changes. You gotta relax, man, or she's gonna trank you.
4: No. No, you don't get it, Ying. This is the third time my heart's done this, and every time I was sitting here on my fat ass doing nothing. I'm not wired like anyone else. I'm fucking James Bigglesworth screaming across enemy skies in my fucker wolf. Where I fly, I own the sky. And there's no place for me down here except as my tomb. So unless you got some important job for me down here saving the universe, I'm going to live or die out there where I can fight.
8: Well, that was a good speech, Shakespeare. I almost missed your incessant monologuing, but I don't.
4: Fuck yeah, mate. Hey.
10: You okay, boss? Mr.
4: Grant, I was just explaining that this place is boring me to death.
10: Shiva says you had another short circuit. That's what they tell me. Are the men ready? I'm ready to hit the road, boss. Sarge is already out there. I've got Hess, Irving, Yuri and Lowell up in the truck. You should see the eaters out there. I'm glad we didn't wait much longer. They're thawing out quick, and those fuckers are mean. Be glad you're staying here, boss. Where the fuck take you get that idea? I'm fine.
11: You are not. You have neither sound mind nor body. You do, however, have an ample supply of testosterone. I'm surprised you haven't peed on every doorway to mark your territory. Do you have any idea what kind of liability you will be out there? And yes, General Ying, I was listening. You are insane if you let this man out there in command of troops. If you trust my medical advice, you are sending a man out there with a bomb strapped to his chest.
10: You're not coming out with us, boss. No way. What, you too? You don't trust me, Grant? No. You're a fucking general now. You don't need to be out in the field. You just move the pieces. Let us do the grunt work.
8: You know, I've changed my mind. Shiva, give me his diazepam.
4: Shiva Vesta, get me the portable defibrillator from your supply chest. I know you have one because you were talking to Ying about it last time I went down. But- Shut it. The only sedative I need is a steady supply of scotch, so I'm going on a scotch run with my mates. Along the way, we will achieve our primary and secondary objectives of blowing fuck-all out of anything dead standing in our way, and resupplying the 30-odd people left in this sodding stink tube.
10: Major Grant. Yes, sir? Am I going to have a problem with you on this? Oh, we're cool. So long as I get to drive. The cool new battle wagon? But... Oh, fine. Don't expect me to jumpstart you in the middle of a fight. For the love of
8: God, just fucking go already.
11: You're serious?
8: Would you rather his heart give out in the middle of the night and wake up with him unzipping your gut sack by your belly button ring? I don't think so. Get this man out of here.
11: Idiots, why don't you all just pull out your penises and wave them around?
10: Such a dirty mouth on this one. You don't want to suggest that to McGinnis. I've seen him do it. It's springtime. A time
4: of rebirth. Ginger, Algae, to the hangar, for we must be off to the skies of danger. think you're out class, will you, Otter? Because when I get done, I'll go out and have fun with your wife and your teenage daughter. Everybody sing.
8: Shiva?
11: Yes, General.
8: You know what to do.
11: Yes, sir. Thank you, sir.
3: What's he doing back there?
1: Sleeping. How long until we get to the church?
3: Almost there. You think he's sane?
1: You're the one who performed the autopsy with him. You tell me.
3: I always thought of it as a virus or something. Maybe a biological weapon. The way he talks, it's like an alien. He called it a creature. Really though, it doesn't matter. Guys like him can figure all that out. I'm just worried about you. Let's get you looked at and make sure you're okay. How are you feeling?
1: Tired. Still a little weak. Probably just my springtime allergies and a touch of flu.
3: It'll be better once I get the inside built up, get the walls and insulation finished.
1: Hicks, we can't live in a cave forever. You're not Batman.
3: How do you know? Ever see us together at the same time? Swear to me, don't you dare smile. Don't you. Don't you. Ah!
1: Shut up, dork.
3: Uh, that's new.
1: A bus?
3: A bus on its side.
1: What the hell is a bus doing on its side, across the road?
3: Blocking it. I'm a little worried about the dead things trying to get around it.
1: Careful, Hicks!
3: I've gotta do the stupid thing and see if there's anyone hurt inside the van. Wanna come along?
1: Sure. Want me to wake up Mr. Hawk?
3: I hate to wake up that man. Who knows how long it's been since he slept.
1: Oh, I'm
2: awake. I'm an incredibly light sleeper, Hicks. So, where are we?
3: One second. Six eaters, six shots. Damn.
11: Ha ha.
3: Shut up. Keep an eye on the sidelines.
2: That's some nice shooting, kid. Now can you tell me where we're headed?
1: We keep some of our supplies in a storehouse near here. We've got places all over the valley to hide out, in case we can't get back home before dark. Or if we need emergency stuff away from home. Mind carrying a bag? We've got stuff to drop off.
3: Not at all. Looks like those were the only six on this side. I can see a pile of them on the other side, stacked up.
1: The pastor doesn't like letting them lay around. Who? Pastor Dawkins. He's got a small camp up this way.
3: There's a nature trail that winds up this way. Come on. It's pretty steep, but the eaters can't climb it.
1: Though they try.
3: Ah, very good. You're quite prepared. I'll bet you were an Eagle Scout. My brother was. I never got past my bobcat badge in the cubbies, but my family used to hunt and camp and fish around here. I know almost all the trails through the valley, too, which helps.
2: Well, I, for one, am glad you're still alive. And you, Ronnie. What about you? You don't strike me as the outdoorsy type. I don't? No, more like Velma from Scooby-Doo. In a good way, of course. (laughs) Ha! Oh, Burn. No, that's not what I
3: mean.
1: I like Velma. She did more than Daphne ever did for that team.
3: Ronnie single-handedly saved the town library. She's a book nerd.
1: Geek. Get it right.
3: Amazing. So young,
2: so bright. Gives me hope for the future. Oh my.
3: What? Oh, the view? Yeah, we're still pretty high up on the western face and the cliff gives you an unobstructed view of the west. You can climb down on those rocks and watch the sunset.
2: Breathtaking, simply breathtaking. It's even better than the view I had in the tower and the setting sun is, is.
1: What is it? You okay, sir?
2: I just noticed the bodies down there.
1: Yeah, when this started to get out of hand, Some people... just couldn't handle it.
3: We gotta keep moving. Come on, guys.
1: You remember last fall, when the news people kept saying everybody was infected? You didn't need to get bitten?
3: Yes,
2: yes! I remember yelling at my radio how wrong that was!
1: Some people... just lost hope.
3: So here we are, the First Church of Wishwell, just on the other side of this old graveyard.
1: I hear Cooper.
3: That's a good sign. Um, I notice that there are
2: some fresh graves here.
3: Yeah. Well, it was a tough winter.
10: (coughs) Padre! How old is this church? Old. It's
1: got a historic marker somewhere, I guess. The bell in the tower was dedicated to Union soldiers from the valley who fought in the Civil War. It was renovated in 92. Thank
2: you, Velma.
12: You asked.
3: Hey, Reverend.
12: Hicks, is that you spookin' old coop? You know it. And there's my girl, Ah. Veronica. How are you, dear?
1: Hey, Pastor Dawkins. Where did all these people come from? I don't remember them from...
12: Mr. Fisher and some of his friends came back. They brought friends, which makes me extremely glad you brought supplies with you. Hello, Pastor Dawkins. Hello, sir. Are you the man in the towel Mr. Rage has been going on about? Ren Van Hawkins. Please, call me Hawk. Pastor Doug Dawkins. Huh. Dawkins and Hawkins. Sounds like an accountant's firm. ha. <laughs> <sighs> Another excellent reason to call me Hawk. Good to meet you, and good to see all of you alive and healthy. Sorry the grass is a little high. I've been meaning to mow it, but until yesterday, we've been a little short-handed. I can take care of it for you, Padre. Since you're here, I think you might want to see something inside. Remember the wildlife motion cameras we set up throughout the valley? Well, they...
9: Reverend Doug, they're moving again. Hurry!
12: Make sure it's recording, Aaron. We'll be right in. Who's moving? The dead? At the south entrance. We just got the old bus down the hill and turned over when we got the call that eaters will rush in the south side fence and funneling up from the state road. Yeah, they're
2: getting ornery out there.
12: I think these are part of the same herd that tracked you to the fire tower. That same road branches up the mountain and runs along the summit past the tower. I'm sorry.
2: I didn't mean to bring you any extra trouble, Pastor.
12: Oh, trouble's been looking for us since the thaw, Mr. Hawkins. Let's get inside and see what we can do about it. Hey, man. Hey.
2: Hello. You holding? Am I holding? I'm holding three bags, yeah.
7: No, man. Please don't mess with me right now. You got any weed? Anything that might take the edge off?
2: The edge off... Huh. Not in the conventional sense, no. Uh, What's your usual poison?
7: Hexapro, but Kentucky bourbon, ganja, anything to take the fucking edge off, man. Okay. What's your name, kid? Reg, like regulation, but short for... Yeah,
2: got it. Can I get in and put my bags down before I start dealing in the
7: church? Sorry.
2: No, no, no. It's cool, brother. It's cool. Hexapro, you said. What
7: dosage? 30 milligrams daily.
2: Seriously? Wow. Wow. For bipolar or anxiety triggered by depression?
7: Bipolar.
2: Okay. So, how long have you been off the meds?
7: 60 days. I cleared out every pharmacy in central PA. Every pixie machine in the region, man.
2: I bet the first few weeks were tough, but that's got to be out of your system, by.
7: Just ran out of booze.
2: Ah, got it. You're detoxing. You on the verge of a freakout? Be straight with me.
7: Not yet. New place, new people. Body count.
2: Hey, have you read The Prophet by Cahill Gibran?
7: What? No. Why? Here. It's my copy. No thanks, man. I can't concentrate.
2: Right, right. I I know. Here's the deal. I'm going to give you the book. I'm also going to give you these. What's that? If you don't mind the hocus pocus, it's called Lopramide. Ever heard of it?
7: No. What is it?
2: It's a focusing agent. It'll help you concentrate. I want you to take two of these and read the intro. Skip over the first few chapters on love, work, and children. Read Love and Joy. Keep going until you fall asleep. And tomorrow, if this works, we can chat about using more of this stuff. Okay?
7: You a doctor?
2: No. I'm just a student of living things. Oh, and not for nothing, make sure you drink plenty of water with this stuff. It tends to bind you up. Now, where the hell can a man put his bags?
7: Thanks, man. Yeah, right through here. There's a bunkhouse on the other side of the chapel and- Wow.
2: This is the first church I've visited in a long
7: time that didn't smell like a bus toilet.
9: That's as fine a compliment as we've gotten in a while. Hi, I'm Doreen Garrison.
7: Hey, Doreen. Thanks again, man. We'll talk later. Absolutely, Reg. Hello, Doreen. Call me Hawk.
9: You two know each other? No. Why? That's the biggest smile I've seen on him since he got off the bus.
2: I have that effect on people. Moody people irritate me, so I try to keep them happy. Which in turn keeps me happy. And speaking of happy, I really missed a fresh scent of pine cleaner.
9: We have a lot of time on our hands. And cleaning supplies. Is this everything you brought?
2: Actually, this one bag is from Shaggy and Velma. The two kids that brought me here?
9: Hicks and Ronnie. Oh yeah. I'll take that, then. Thanks for bringing it in. My, you're a pleasant person. You say that like I should apologize.
2: No, 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 no. Not at all. It's it's just unusual. There's so much misery out
9: there, and these people around us, who are they? Refugees. They got here yesterday. You're not with them?
2: No. I travel alone. So, what's next? How much do you want to let me stay the night? Do you cook? Do I cook? A long time ago, I ran the kitchen at a French restaurant in North Jersey.
9: Then let me show you to the kitchen. And if you don't mind the demotion, you can pay for your bunk as line cook for tonight's dinner.
2: Pastor Dawkins, hey Pastor. Wow, you think he's tense enough?
9: Can you blame him? You were out there. You know how it is.
2: Yeah, I guess I do.
12: Hey there, Mr. Fisher. I'm just finishing up here with our favorite neighbors. Ronnie, Virgil, this is Mr. Fisher. Howdy. Pastor, we gotta talk about the things we saw out there. We gotta get ready. I understand, Mr. Fisher. Here, help with these bags. These two carried them up the mountain for us. Can goods and tools. Yeah, yeah, that's great, kids. Pastor, I took a walk around the property and... And they need work. It's been a long winter. I'm sure they could use some extra planks. No, no. Listen to me, Pastor.
13: Pastor Dawkins! Pastor Dawkins! We're under attack! They're coming! They broke through the south
12: gate! See? See? They're coming! Oh, fuck. I must concur. Somebody please get me a rifle.
10: Okay, people. We move in ten minutes. Load up. Hey, where's McGinnis? Hey! Hey, boss! You seen McGinnis? Up here in the hayloft, Mr. Grant. Looking for you. We're just about all loaded up. Wow. Nice up here. I like it up here.
4: The only place a man can get some privacy. I can fart up here without setting off a panic. What's all this stuff? My life. What's left of what was, I guess. Just pictures and notes. Things I couldn't live without. I like to take them out and look at them from time to time, you know. Remind me what the hell I used to do before all this. Who's the hottie in the riding
10: outfit? Oh, she loved that horse. You know, I was married once. I figured. I assumed you were also divorced. Aye, Amelia was a lot like Dr. Vesta. She had a single
4: view of the world that you could only change with expensive jewelry or high explosives. (laughs) That aside, I miss waking up after her every morning. I miss waking up after she'd finished her morning shower. And I'd watch her tiptoe into the bedroom. And in a soft light of her closet, she'd drop her towel and dress
10: for the day. Something tells me you didn't just come up here to fart in private. No, I... I liked taking a shower after her and using her big,
4: damp, car kitson to towel off. Even when we weren't speaking, I could keep her scent about me. Kinky, did you dress in her old clothes, too? They weren't regulation, or my size. Well... I did once fly a mission with a panty stuffed down the front of my flight suit. That's a long story. The rest of this junk is here to remind me what we've accomplished. A chunk of the Citibank building in Pittsburgh. Two wedding bands I promised our men I'd deliver home for them when they were infected. A civil defense leaflet from the Mall. A lot of jolly bollocks, really. Remember Ken Peters? I certainly do. When we met the Gougies. Aye. When he left us, he gave me the keys to something he called the Popcorn Express. I asked him what it was, and he said something like what you're doing here, trucking a lot of people around that don't know the dead yet. Not sure
10: what he meant by that. He was a hell of a fighter, that one. Actually, I carry something of his around too. Oh. Right when the Brotherhood had us fuckin' in the middle of the New York wilderness, he gave me this before he made his run down the mountain that day. Ken Peters gave me his road journal. What for? His way of promising he'd be back with help, I guess. I keep it cute to this track because, well, because it just makes all kind of sense. Just listen to this. Um,
6: October something, um, 2000 something else, um, the Mockway Village in New York State hundred miles in any direction there's nothing after that there's a whole lot of awful things are weird but weird by comparison to what's out there is an acceptable companion i've seen enough on the road people are walking around disconnected from everything that was important to them it's like someone erased their programming and now they're barely more human than the cannibals. We've got people who are tickled to be free of the old system and happy to live or die by their wits or their sidearms. And we've got people who will die trying to remake what's left into something like what they were. Still, We got a lot of folks out there who don't judge the quality of their lives by the crap they have or who they know. They're the core of this country, guys. They're the core of this civilization. People who get together and listen to one another. Who care about and for each other. Because it's the only way they'll be able to survive. Right now it sucks for us because we can't help but remember all the good shit we had. Debit cards. Starbucks. Netflix. Kitty bars. Oh, but the past is best forgotten. Except for the lesson that everything can change. And what you build will burn down or wash away. And you'll only know it when you're eating mud because that's the only way you can get to the rat meat underneath it. I hate this world, I really do. And if you're like me, part of you is thinking seriously about checking out of it. On the slightest chance, you might get to see the people who matter to you again, but you can't. If you've understood anything I've explained in this diary, you know that there's no mercy in death. There's no open arms waiting to take you into its eternal embrace.
10: Oh, that's Successful jolly. The, Shut so up and there's a
6: creator of all this. He's on the other side of a whole lot of bad things that just want us to suffer. And I don't mean the eaters. Just across that gulf of time and through the veil of our perceptions, there's a great cosmic bridge troll that wants nothing more than to stop us from reaching our eternal paradise. Damn, this let me going on like Joe when she said too much gin. But it's true. You gotta keep this house in order. Keep everyone working and living and surviving. It's all that matters because when we stop, It all stops, forever. Sooner or later, we're gonna have to give in. So make sure that if you're gonna go, go making sure that everyone else has a better shot at a future. There are a lot of scared, stupid, angry, crazy people out there. And Major Grant tells me we're two generations away from anything seeming remotely normal. We're shocked. But in a generation or two, the survivors won't know what they missed. But we gotta get them there. So fight for normal, guys. Don't just drag a bunch of the dead from one place to another hoping to find paradise. It ain't anywhere. Just try to find normal. Good luck, Major Grant. And good luck, you drunk Scottish idiot.
4: Here's your dumb country western fuck.
6: I owe you both. I'll try to wait for you on the other side. When this is all over, we can make a run for paradise together. Okay? <laughs> Alright. Ken Peters. Signing off. And
4: heading into the Wastes. Ten four. Over and out. Here, have a snort. To Kenneth Peters. I had no idea he could out monologue me.
10: So, I gotta ask. Are you sure you want to do this?
4: You think it's better to die in a bunker? Yeah, I'd rather die in my feet.
10: So, which of these finely gobbled together gas gobblers is ours? The very tall armored SUV. That's the communications van. I had Shiva put the defibrillator in there. I don't know what I was thinking. It's not like I could use it on myself. Yeah, well... It's not like we're going to have time to use it anyway if we're in the middle of a skirmish. Hear that? Both of us sound like old men. We are old men. At least you let me drive. Oh, what the fucking fuck are you doing here?
11: Medical advisor.
4: Great. Well, don't think just because you're here that Grant and I will refrain from our usual farting and scratching and telling body jokes.
10: He doesn't speak for me, Dr. Vesta. I hope not. I don't need
11: two morons to deal with. You do remember the plan, don't you?
10: I need a vacation from being a peanut in a tin cup. Where are we going? We're going to make our way back to a little town called Wishwell, Pennsylvania. Why? Huh. Why not? Of course. We've got
4: 10 people, untested farm boys or certified psychopaths, and we're gonna make a great big convoy rocking through the night all the way to Vegas.
11: Except Vegas is Wishwell, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Heh.
4: Look at that, Mr. Grant. We open those gates and it's into the
10: great wide open. It isn't the wild blue, but. How high have you ever been? When flying, I mean.
4: How high? I once had a scotch at 122,500
10: feet. What the hell were you doing up there? Heading for the moon, Mr. Grant. Huh? Think we'll ever go that high again?
4: <sighs> no, no, I don't. So let's go kill everything that's keeping me on the ground, shall we?
5: The convoy is on the move. It's about fucking time. You seem agitated, Sarge. I don't like working with people. Of course not. Nor do I. I would much rather be working with Major Grant.
13: Uh Uh-huh. Did you scope the rest of this house for
5: rotters? Da. Top to bottom.
13: Good. Why don't you keep watch for stragglers out the back, and I'll keep an eye on the road.
5: Because you put up trip wires across the yard, and anything approaching from that side... Would set off alarm. Was that not your plan? Ugh, yes. Fuck me for being so thorough. You do not like me, yes?
13: It's nothing personal. I don't like people in general, and seeing as there are at least six or seven people inside your one head makes traveling with you an extra
5: special treat. I am your comrade. When General Ying and General McInnis sent us out together, it truly really felt like our two sides had become one side. Not general. He's group captain, McKinnis. You know,
13: I never understood your happy value. Look, I am not on your team. The only side we share is the one against the Rotters. And you? Well, I guess it is kind of personal, because, frankly,
5: you and your
13: subconscious funky bunch creep me the fuck out.
5: I am just me, Sarge. I feel more comfortable now in my own skin, the uniform of a soldier, instead of the costume of a harlot. They are like sisters, you and I. I studied at the Zatyev school in Chechnya. Oh? Under Bladstof? No, under Yuri Vostok. I don't know of any Bladstof. Did you serve in the Georgian insurrection? No. I was working for the Americans by that... that... What? What is it? Look down there along the turnpike lanes, please. Hand me the glasses. What are you looking at? Look through your rifle scope out the window down fifteen degrees between the power lines. I don't see anything. Just wait. How did you see anything?
13: It's a mile downhill from here. Oh, uh, oh, eaters. It can't be. Refugees, maybe. Eaters. No
1: way, they're... Ethers!
13: Fuck!
11: HG World, Episode 4 Where the Sirens Sing and the Church Bells Ring This episode featured Jason Amonrud as Reg Steve Cox as Mr. Fisher Keith R.A. DeCandido as Todd Raid Laura Frechette as Shiva Vesta and Aaron M. Sierra Garcia as Sarge Kim Gianopolis as Wake Tracy Hall as Doreen Orenthal Hawkins as Van Hawkins. Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as Joe. Ayub Cody as McInnes. Jim Patton as Ken Peters. Rebecca Rynus as Ronnie. Ron Roonborg as Ying. Michael L. Stokes as Grant. Mark Zarakor as Pastor Dawkins. This episode was written by Jay Smith. Line direction and track drafts by Jim Patton, with assistance from Brian Lincoln. Foley and Sound Design by Scott Pig. Additional production assistance by Carol Stokes, Ginny Swan, Martha Limbo terhar and Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard. Edited, mixed, and mastered by Michael L. Stokes, with Reaper, featuring plugins from Stillwell Audio and Liquid Sonics. Musical direction by Jay Smith and Michael L. Stokes featuring music provided under the Creative Commons license by Jonathan Colton and Kevin McLeod. Please visit our website for more information on these artists and their music. HG World is a production of 3015 North Studios. For more information, visit us on the web at www.goodmorningsurvivors.com.